0: Hello, folks, welcome to Nerdpod Generations episode 43. My name is Steve Taylor. As always, I am here with the lovely L Jutsum. Hello, sir.
1: Hello, friends and enemies. How you doing, bud? How's it going, Steve? It's going good over here. You know,
0: life's good, man. Yeah. All right, we we had we had our little powwow pre pre-show. I told you all my my pluses and minuses going on. It's a yeah. crazy time right now, but this is our sanctuary.
1: Yeah, this is it.
0: We get to talk about these awesome topics today. I know. It's gonna be a fun
1: day. It's gonna be a fun day. It's gonna be a very fun day. Do you want me to tell the people what we're gonna talk oh, about? Oh, we Do you, should tell you. Sure? Them. You want me to tell them we're gonna oh, talk we about tell okay. them what we're gonna talk about. So we're
0: about. gonna talk about the complete I'm using quotation fingers because we're not hundred percent sure if they're gonna be another episode or not. The complete first season of The Legend of Vox Machina, the awesome animated show on Amazon Prime. And then we are also going to talk about a little movie that just showed up on both Hulu and HBO Max called The Kingsman, which didn't get a very good run in the theaters. I don't think a lot of people were hyped on seeing it, which I don't get because the first two Kingsman movies are great. And this being a prequel to them. And it was... Okay, we'll talk about that later. I don't we'll want get the spoilers. There. Yeah. First off, folks, everything is a spoiler on the show. If this is your first time listening, obviously you were able to find us on whatever podcast site you look for. Um, if you have a friend that is interested in listening to us, you can let them know they can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. I mean, if you type us in in Google, it'll bring up... A plethora of podcast sites that you can find us on. Um, as I did say, it is episode 43, so you please go back and listen to our back catalog. We have a lot of great stuff, including we are now doing retro reviews on YouTube. So we do have a YouTube channel under Nerdpod Generations. We have three videos up now. Um, Al's got a video coming up soon. I have a video I'm working on, and we are discussing. We still have got to figure out when we can do this um, Let's Play of Spider Man. Yeah. Because I think that's going to be fun. Yeah. Talking, joking. You're going to get to see us more relaxed, kind of focused on something fun like a game.
1: We got to make sure we know how we're going to capture it first. That is going to be a tough one. And then, because we can, we could easily stream it. You could yes. just come by or even just watch me stream it from home. And we could just... I would cover. want to sit on the couch. Yeah.
0: Which I don't think it would be an issue. I'd be. It would be maybe like that week we would take off of doing the podcast mm-hmm. and I would come over at like six or something and we could play for like four hours. That sounds great. Something like that. Yeah. And that would be fun. And just like shooting the shit and, yeah. dr- and drinking and doing whatever fun oh, yeah. stuff we want to do. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think that's going to be great. Yeah. So and we so got to gotta figure that out. We got to do that soon.
1: I agree. This is going to be, this is going to be a great show.
0: show. I cannot wait. I can't, I'm so excited to talk about this stuff, but first folks, Like always, we do start our show with what have we been watching, playing, and reading. And I am going to start with you this week, because I believe I kicked it off last week. So what have you been doing, sir? Uh,
1: So I have been neck deep in Ninja Turtles. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know what... Movies, TV show? All of the above, my friend. So I don't know what brought this on, but at some point my brain was just like, hey, you know what I want to revisit? Ninja Ninja Turtles." Turtles. And so... Uh, there's a plethora of different ones to choose from. Mm-hmm. I'm currently watching the 2012 version. Okay. Which is good. It's not great. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's amazing mm-hmm. or that any person needs to go out and see it. But it is a lot of fun mm-hmm. and it has a killer voice cast.
0: Great voice cast.
1: It has a killer fucking voice cast. So you have Sean Astin playing Raphael. So like right out the gate, we're, we're doing good. And then uh, Seth Green plays Leonardo. Uh, You have David Tennant comes in in some of the later seasons, along with Ron Perlman. Mm. It's just this great cast that's always good. And the writing is pretty, pretty decent. Mm. Uh, I will say it's a Nickelodeon show, so it has plenty of farts and burps. You know, it's not perfect, but it's it's good. It, It had a moment where I was like, holy shit are they gonna do this mm. where they they literally destroy the earth as a season finale at one okay point. and i was like holy shit and then like the next episode it's undone the mm. the season's gonna be about preventing the destruction of earth and i'm like okay fine but like for like a hot minute there i was really like as a 34 year old man i was seriously thinking like are they fucking gonna do this on a kid show no they're not gonna do it kids show but that's okay so that that's been fun and then i was going to do a video i've mentioned on mm. the show about the ninja turtles and uh as the resident editor i i have to say it's dead jim it's it's very, just
0: didn't materialize it,
1: well i accidentally killed it mm. i was i was going through trying to edit out stuff and i clicked the wrong thing and i Killed the entire sequence that I had been working on and it was gone, and there was mm-hmm. no recovering it. So at that point, I was like, Okay, well, I'll talk about it on the show. Mm-hmm. So I watched the two Ninja Turtle sequels, both the uh, Secret of the Ooze and Out of the Shadows. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, I have a ton of nostalgia for Secret of the Ooze because that was a movie that I watched mm-hmm. like ad nauseum as a kid. And going back and watching it, it's great for me. <laughs> I love it. Uh even if I showed it to my kids, I don't know if they would love it the same yeah. way that I love it. The puppets are great. The puppets and puppeteering are amazing. Mm-hmm. Everything else about it is a little lackluster if I'm being real and honest. But the acting's good, mm-hmm. the writing is okay, the jokes are fun, the bits are good, and most importantly, the turtles don't look like hideous monsters. Which they do, in Out of the Shadows, which was a movie that I wanted to like. I wanted to sit here and be like, "Yeah, it's it's much better than I thought." No, it's this very B-list plot. Yeah, that's not very good. And on top of it, you have this horror show mm. of these turtles that you have to look at. <clears throat> and man, they're bad. Which to makes me at.
0: wonder: Did they not have access to the costumes? From the
1: first two? I had, I think that they just decided that it was time to make them fully CGI, which I don't... You know, fine. You want to do that? Fine. But why design them like this? I don't understand. Why make them look like this? Because yeah. this is repulsive. This is grotesque. Well, do you remember what year it was? This was 2016.
0: Oh, okay. So you're talking about... The Megan Fox. Megan Fox. The two Megan Fox ones. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha.
1: Well, I'm talking about... The one from 1991.
0: Yes. And then also the one from... The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, you don't need to put lips on Turtles.
1: No, you really don't. You, you really don't. don't. It's it's creepy and weird.
0: And I was... I'm actually glad you brought this up, because I saw an interview with Alan Richson, who is the guy that plays Jack Reacher in the new Reacher TV show. hmm And he voiced Raphael. Yes. In both of them.
1: I was going to say, that I recognize that name.
0: And he had horror stories about making that movie he said they treated them like absolute crap and they like promised them all this stuff and never came through they would leave the like voice actors cuz they did the full body motion capture suits they would just leave them places for like hours and like finally send a shuttle to pick them up he said it was horrible it was the worst experience he's ever had acting in his life And I'm like, it kind of shows in that second one. Like the first one has its moments where it's like, it's not good, but it had a couple okay moments.
1: Yeah. The second one was just... It's really bad. It's really bad. Bebop and Rocksteady are like the only thing that's good about it. Yes. Everything else about it is, it oscillates from, ugh, to this is hilariously bad, but I'm not laughing. Yeah. So like, I'm thinking of... The moment where they say that the Shredder has 38 counts of murder on his rap sheet. And I'm like, you went too hard, guys. You didn't... No, it's okay. You don't need to... No. It's fine. This is a kid's movie. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the tone doesn't match this at all. No, not at all. And every time they go back to the Shredder, you're like, man, you guys went way too hard on the Shredder, dude. For the tone that you're setting with the rest of this thing... You went way too dark on him. Yeah. And they they messed up Casey Jones, which is... Oh, I know. It's Stephen Uh, I don't even care that it's him. He can probably do it, but the writing is yeah. so bad.
0: He's the whole reason I actually saw that. Because I, I didn't like the first movie enough to want to see the second till I heard he was Casey Jones, and I was real deep into Arrow at that point. I'm like, I got to see it. Yeah, And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, goddamn.
1: Oh, it was so bad. My favorite part is he can't just have skates. Like, Casey Jones would have skates. Mm -hmm. He would have sporting equipment. That's kind of his whole thing. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: He would have these things around him, especially when going on a mission of some import, such as the climax of a film. Yeah. Which, quick aside, 100% stolen from the Avengers. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It it looks like the Avengers. Absolutely. So instead of having skates... (laughs) He takes apart two desk chairs while hiding from Bebop and Rocksteady and somehow affixes the wheels to his feet so he can use them as skates. He could have just had skates, guys. Yeah. No one was going to complain about him having skates. It's Casey Jones. That's like his thing. So so many unforced errors. So many bad ideas bad, terrible voice acting at times. Leo's voice is hilariously bad. Oh, yeah. It's it's just like, there's so many bad moments here. And so it's like, coming back out of both the second Ninja Turtle movies, I still like the 1991 one, but that's mostly for nostalgia purposes. I quote it all the time. I love it. And you just know that it's Corey Feldman as, was it Donatello? That's only in the original. He didn't make it to the second
0: one. Yeah, he didn't make it to the second one, but he was just in the first one. But every time I hear his voice, I'm like,
1: it's fucking, like, I, it's so obvious. That's, I hate him as Donatello. He's yeah. He is not the right actor at no. all for that Too voice. whiny. His voice was too whiny. Oh, it just it. wasn't right. It yeah. just wasn't right at all. But the
0: two new ones, it, when, I remember when I watched them, I'm like, there's no way Michael Bay is just producing these.
1: No. He has, this is, it looked like an awful Michael Bay movie. Well, when you look up the, the credits of the guy who did direct them, and mm. he, like, had done a bunch of commercials, and, like one minor film. And it's just like, I see. So this so I is... bet
0: maybe an uncredited second unit director is Michael Bay. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> telling the guy how to do it. It has all the shots. It has all the oh, Michael it Bay absolutely shots.
0: absolutely does. It's just, including, once again, I loved her in Jennifer's body.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But Megan Fox is just, like, they put her in it just to look hot.
1: Just to look hot. No, like, literally she has no purpose in the movie other than to look hot. No. And it's incredible because you would think, oh, it's April, so she's going to have something to do. She has things to do, but somehow she doesn't do any of them or she's not important to any of them. And then every single time she's wearing this like tiny tank top and super tight jeans, and you're just like, so what is this? Because I'm pretty sure this movie that you're making right now is going to be targeted towards like nine year olds? Yeah. Is what that, is this? Is that for the dads who bring their nine year olds to see the movie? What's going on here exactly? So that was my overall impression coming out of it. What's going on here exactly? It's to teach children about STDs. That's what it is. <laughs> not saying she has
0: any. I don't want any liable suits. I'm just saying, it's just she looks skeevy. Like it's not. April O'Neil is a badass. Yeah. She's fighter. She's not some just piece of meat. No. And she has red hair, correct? Yes. Megan Fox does not. This is like the Mary Jane Watson thing in the modern Spider-Mans. It's like there's a certain image. It's like making Freddy Krueger without the burns. Yeah. would be like, oh, it's Freddy Krueger. It's like, no, it's not. You put the name on him and give them that role, but it doesn't make them that person.
1: It's not right. You miss. it. It's just not right. It's like that's the character. Yeah. Well, we've seen the reverse of that where you have the skin without the soul where you have like Taskmaster. No, oh, yeah, it, yeah.
0: It looks the part. It looks the part until the but mask it's comes not. off. That's not. That's not.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. The the quintessential April O'Neil to me is like the Sarah Michelle Gellar type mm-hmm. from like Buffy. I can see that. Like that's that's a good April O'Neil prototype to take from. Mm-hmm. And if you want to put her in a yellow jumpsuit at some point, there yeah, will be high to. fives. But like that's
0: I mean, even in the first movie, they put her in that yellow raincoat. Yeah, exactly. So it's like that's an homage. You don't yeah. have to put her in the yellow jumpsuit, but put her in something yellow, just so people would be like,
1: ah, member berries.
0: Ah, oh, yes, I see what member? you're doing here. Yeah, member.
1: We we complain about member berries, but only when they get them wrong or when they're over reliant on them. Thank you.
0: That's yeah, yeah. When they overdo the member berries, you're like, okay, you guessed.
1: But but we do like having mm. some level, some some kind of. You know, reference to the thing that we love, like that's why we came to see it, Mm -hmm. was because we love it. So if you could not screw it up by having Brad Garrett play Krang, that would be cool. I'd love that. If you could have the Krang, Krang, have Krang have any purpose within the plot or body of this movie in any capacity? No. Okay, cool. I guess we're just doing this then.
0: And it's the, it's the Marvel method of, let's take a bunch of storylines and a bunch of villains and Mm -hmm. just throw them together, quickly do a backstory on them. And then there you go. And that's it. Instead of like, Hey, how about you, you know, flesh out? Yeah. Like maybe don't kill. I can't remember. Did they kill him in the first, the 2015 one? Shredder? No, he's back. Oh yeah. He was back in the, it's been so long since I've seen that awful second one. But it's like, you know. Just focus on Shredder and, and the
1: foot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, this was, this was the famous um, Ninja Turtles series that in its first blush initial form was, it was going to have William Finkner as the Shredder. Oh, right. oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. And then people were like, you gotta be kidding me. And so they very quickly rewrote it.
0: And you would think they would have learned from Iron Man 3 and the Mandarin. It's like, no.
1: No. No, 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 no. You no, no. can't do that. shit. We don't do this anymore, guys. No, 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 no We're no. not here for this. We are going to pitch a fit if you do it, and we're you know right to pitch a fit yeah. over it because this is not okay. So that was <laughs> turtles. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been neck deep in Ninja Turtles. What yeah, I'm Ninja, Ninja Turtles.
0: Um, I gotta say, I yesterday was going through HBO Max, and I realized that I have never seen Justice League War. Really, I don't know why. I I believe it's one of the ones that I've like either thought I had seen it and so I didn't watch it, or I just said ah oh, I gotta watch that and then I never got back to it. So I watched it. I liked it a lot. It was a little repetitive, and that's what I noticed they're doing with some of these DC movies, where it's like I don't need each Justice League movie to be a how we became the Justice
1: League. Like that is like the origin basis. Yeah of the justice league for that universe for that
0: universe. But it seems like they do it in a lot of movies. And I was just like, "Eh, it's all right. And I kind of, I mean, the interactions, the voice work was good. And the, you know, story was good. Um, I was very surprised that it was only PG 13. Cause it was really violent. It's super violent. There's a lot of blood. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when wonder woman jams her sword into Darkseid's eye and blood gushes out, I was like,
1: how the hell is this PG thirteen? And then she does it again.
0: And she does it again. <laughs> and when they're first invading, they're like killing people and yeah, eviscerating them, turning them in like cutting them in half and stuff. I'm like, what's going on, man? Yeah. I mean, it's not as violent as uh, what Dark Side Apocalypse or whatever. No, the,
1: Apocalypse War. Apocalypse War.
0: That one is on a different playing yeah. field. But it was still, I was like, oh.
1: Okay. Well, it's, it's so interesting because those are the two bookends. Yeah. Is Apocalypse War ends what Justice League War begins. Yes. And, man, I like those movies. I, I know we've no, talked about No, it was good. It was really lot. good. Um, but that, I will say, that does have one of the, uh, I don't know that he's ever done it again, but Alan Tudyk plays Superman. Yes. And he plays a very interesting Superman. A yeah, very
0: interesting Superman. It's a very Especially when he's if Wonder Woman. Yes. In many scenes, you're like,
1: oh. Yeah. Okay. Wonder Woman played by Michelle Monaghan, I believe.
0: I think that... Yeah, I think and that's who played it.
1: Who, who but like, before Rosario Dawson took over mm. the role. Uh, I, I... And I liked her Wonder Woman. I'll be honest. Oh, yeah, I did too. I
0: really liked her Wonder Woman. I like how she... Played off almost as like a female Drax. Yeah, it was very similar with the way she spoke and not getting humor and being like, "Ah, let's go kill!" And like yeah. screaming and raising her sword.
1: I was like, that's very Drax. She loves ice cream. Loves ice cream. I love the scene where she saves the president. She oh, just like that's rips awesome. through like the floor of Air Force One, and oh my god! No, that was a great scene. Yeah,
0: that was a really good scene. No, I really enjoyed it, and it was just it's nice to come across one of those movies that I have not seen. Cause mm-hmm. I have really seen, I, I had thought prior to this, I'd seen them all. So it's nice to see one that I have not seen. I don't know how I felt about Batman in this one. I liked him, but they played him off. Like I like when they do the super dark Batman in these justice League movies where there's like no break in mm-hmm. him being just a dark, but then he had like that, Emotional break where he's trying to talk to... uh, When he reveals who he is. Green Lantern? Green Lantern. I think he was talking to Green Lantern. He he took his mask off. Yeah. And that's when he did a badass thing. Flying on one of the demons to find Superman and save him. But I don't know. It just... It kind of threw off the tone for
1: me a little bit. I do like his relationship with Green Lantern in that one. Yes. Where uh, they're walking in the sewers and Green Lantern is just being like this, this kind of jerk asshole. Yeah. And Batman, you know, palms his ring without him even noticing. He's like, so how does this work? It looks like it works on concentration. (laughs) And, uh, and then he's like, he's quizzing Batman on what he can do. He's like, see, can you fly? It's like in a plane. Mm. And he's like, you're not just a guy. Are you? And Batman just gives him this look like, "Mm, maybe,
0: but see, I love, you brought up one of my favorite parts and that's when he does take the ring and then Green Lantern takes it back and says, you won't do that again. he goes, not unless I want to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, that was a great line.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah. I so love that. But I do,
0: I do enjoy it. I did enjoy it a lot. I thought it was one of the, you know, I don't know if I have it in my top five, but it was definitely a, a, a very entertaining movie. And I'm glad I finally, finally watched it.
1: It's really interesting to see where it's, where this whole universe starts in terms of its tone and style yes and how it builds and changes and branches because like the batman movies are a similar tone but their own thing well and the superman all the movies place. are a similar tone but their own thing and seeing all of that where it starts here mm. i do wish that we had gotten more flash movies i would have especially liked... at the flash i know that was such a great movie oh so good yeah flash is still one of those characters that is just like there's the T V show, there's gonna be the movie, and yet I still feel like it's somehow undertapped. Oh, absolutely. Because you could do like you could do entire things that are just Wally West Flash versus Barry Allen Flash. You know, so there's so many options that you can go into. I mean, into. I
0: do still remember that awesomely bad nineties Flash T V show. Do you remember that? I don't remember it, but I've seen pictures and well he they brought him the guy that played the flashback as was it John Williams ship i think his yeah. name is he played he plays Jake Eric Jake Eric from the other dimension and yeah. the, which that was neat that was and cool. then also they brought back the woman that played the scientist um Amanda is it Amanda Plummer no not Amanda Plummer i can't i can't remember her name some of these actors i've only seen in a couple things but she was like his Number two in the TV show back in the Mm. '90s, and she played some like executive they had to save in one of the flash shows. So seeing them, I always, I'm a big softy when it comes to them bringing back like duos from old shows and putting them together. So I was like, oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, but that show itself, when it first came out, it had such potential, and for some reason, they decided to make the Flash this monster muscle dude. It's like, that's not who The Flash is. No,
1: dude's a sprinter. Yeah,
0: he's scrawny. And when they filmed it in the 90s, that John Shipp dude, absolutely massive.
1: Oh, he's huge.
0: And they actually made a joke on that because he was uh, briefly on um, NYPD Blue. And he played a cop who the whole episode was, he was on steroids. And so he was roid raging, like beating the shit out of um, people he was arresting and whatnot. And that was, like, the story of the show because he was so massive that he could pull off playing a guy on steroids. Mm-hmm. And they showed his ass or something in the show. And everyone's like, oh, my God, they showed his ass. Um, and so it just always caught me weird. I was like, man, why can't – it's, like, it doesn't look like how he looks in the comic. I don't mm-hmm. know, understand why they would do that. I mean, it was during that time with, like, the Stallone and Schwarzenegger action movies where they needed, like, a big muscle-bound guy. But – For the Flash?
1: I've seen that with Spider-Man, too, where you have like the kind of big Superman-chested guy. Mm -hmm. It's just not quite right. No. They're just too big to play that role. In the same way that Tom Holland is too small to play some roles, Mm -hmm. these guys are a little too big to play this role. Yeah.
0: And that's, if you could say one thing about all three Spider-Men, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland that one picture of them redoing the meme mm-hmm. where they're all pointing at each other and you see them in their suits, you're like, they all fit the size. Mm-hmm. Like that, they actually did really good casting for size-wise. Like they fit. Like yeah. that's, what, that's what Spider-Man looks like. Yeah. So that's, and, that's my favorite.
1: And my favorite thing, real costumes. Oh yeah. They actually made the costumes, which was not something that they were doing for all of the other movies. And so now they do, and it makes me, very happy because it's
0: the only way to do it
1: because they didn't
0: they had a cgi costume for, for Infinity civil war. war
1: civil war infinity war was civil war in an anime mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. he has bad floating head in the uh, airport scene oh i thought that was an actual uniform
0: yeah because yeah. i'd seen an interview with him right before infinity war and they asked him oh well, we heard you got a new outfit he goes yeah but i've never seen it he goes, because it's all CGI, so I, I, they showed him a poster. He goes, oh, that's the first time I've seen it. It looks great. Yeah, It's like, that's kind of screwed up. Yeah. You know what I mean? They at least should have like a mock-up that he could put on, kind of like, like Iron Man. Yeah. Robert Down Jr. said they would have the suit he would put on for one shot so they could get a reference, and then they would just like CGI the suit the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. But it's like at least he had that one suit. To actually get some kind of a reference, because it's like,
1: I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I always prefer real costumes yeah. to CGI costumes. This was a really good tangent, by the way. Yeah, I know. Right? As we're talking, I'm like, right?
0: this is tangent
1: central right here. I know, right?
0: All right, so this show's going on. We got to get to what we got to get to. We got to
1: get to the actual show itself. Okay.
0: The Legend of Vox Machina. Yes. Is so good. It's so dirty. It is incredibly dirty. It's so violent it's shockingly violent. Shock it it reminded me a lot of Castlevania. The writing's not as good. The writing's still very good. It's not as good as Castlevania, but still very good. But the
1: violence level off the charts. Yeah. I mean it's unbelievable. Well, it it was one of those things where I wasn't expecting it mm-hmm. and it is immediately violent. Like within the first 2 minutes several people get eviscerated. Yes. Um it's one of those shows that like I didn't think Kelly was going to watch it because it was too violent, mm-hmm. but She's she's mustered her way through quite a lot of it at this point. I I almost wonder whether Amazon feels like they have to have all their animated shows be super violent because it seems like all their animated shows are super violent.
0: Like, I'm thinking they saw the success of The Boys, mm-hmm. who, even though it's live action, it's intensely violent. And well, they're and like,
1: you have Invincible, which was also super violent, and it
0: was popular. Yeah. So I think they're just like, fuck it, yeah. do whatever you want to do. Which, that's what gives me hope for the Lord of the Rings TV show. Because it's like, they're obviously, there's no leash on these people. Mm -hmm. There can't be. I mean, when you have Scanlan, who is the minstrel dwarf, um, going down on the elf maiden daughter of the bar, the barmaid. Mm -hmm. In the first episode, you're like, what is this?
1: And that's how we're introduced to him.
0: Yeah. Which I am glad they didn't overdo that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Because I was like, okay. For shock value, are they going to have, like, a sex scene every episode?
1: No.
0: Kind of like the first, was it like the first two seasons of Game of Thrones? Yeah. seemed like every episode had nudity and sex in it just to get you hooked. And then really as it went on, that decreased quite a bit. And the nudity became more of, like, you're not getting aroused with this nudity because it's in a bad situation. But I was kind of hoping it wasn't going to be the case with this. Because I could imagine a show trying to do that just to get viewership. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but Scanlan is my favorite character. I'm not surprised. He is incredible. <laughs> I love how cocky he is. Mm-hmm. And he reminded me of Captain Jack Harkness.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Because he
0: really will have sex with anything. Oh, yeah. And he thinks he's the world's greatest lover, the greatest person, the most attractive, the best voice. It's like, that's like a miniature Captain Jack Harkness. Yeah. And I think that's why I loved it so much because I love that character so much that I was like, he just fits that mold.
1: Yeah, no, that was great. He was amazing. It was a classic oh, so bard, good. classic bard, class like every role within the party was a classic version of that role. Yes, and I was here for it. Yeah, I also deeply enjoyed this. Uh, I did find that it didn't have a lasting impression on me, which was a little weird. In terms of I like, see that, you know, like a few days later, it would like take me a few minutes to sit down and be like, okay. Mm-hmm what happened in this episode what happened in this episode and not just because like i was watching them you know all in a row or anything like that Mm. though i was well Um, especially
0: when they dropped what three episodes per every friday you got three episodes so it's like all right i gotta binge all three yeah
1: exactly which is a fun way to do it it is i just found that it didn't stay with me for whatever reason Mm. it didn't have real holding power on my brain which you know something like red dawn Stayed in my brain for like five days. The original, I hope. Yeah. Okay. Good. No, not the new one. Not not the Hemsworth. Not the Hemsworth. Yeah. So this I like quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I will say, I did find it a little annoying that some of the female characters seem to be very similar, Mm -hmm. and so that was just one of those like, okay, Pike, and uh, Keelan, are. Almost the exact same character at times, and their motivations and or character faults are extremely similar, and so you're just like, okay, this is the same character twice. I'm not gonna fall for that. And then Percy is just so one note throughout the entire thing,
0: except for that awesome demonic possession. Yeah, whenever that popped up, it's like, oh, yeah. But it didn't. They didn't use that enough.
1: No, and so, but like those were like my notes. That was it. Yeah, I really like Grog. I like it's awesome. Like, well,
0: Grog, once again, is obviously a ripoff of Drax the Destroyer. He even looks like Drax.
1: He's just hes just a barbarian. Yeah. He's just a straight-up barbarian. Is Mr. Dingy okay? <laughs> yeah, he's okay. All right, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, man. No, that that was so great. I love the, as silly as it is, the moment in, I think it's episode two, where he shouts, I would like to rage. Yes. I was just like, yeah. It was I a very I Hulk smash type of moment. Yeah. And I love how he's. Oh God! the The scene
0: at the very end where he is killing. Oh,
1: oh in the acid uh-huh. when he was
0: dragging that guy down the acid. Who
1: was it? Why can't oh, I think? Oh about... yeah, 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 yeah.
0: It was someone practically indestructible. Was it the 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 lead vampire guy?
1: No. No, he was burned in the. He sun. He was burned in the sun. Oh. Why can't
0: I think? And this is going on what you were saying. We yeah. that lack it, of memory. It like, just doesn't just hold for whatever reason. But where I thought that scene was amazing where he is dragging this person down in the acid to kill them. And the whole time Pike is healing him. Yeah. Which was awesome. I'm like, holy shit. And I'm glad they did that because I'll be honest, the whole Pike storyline where her trying to get her glow back. Yeah. I
1: didn't really
0: like that. I thought it was unnecessary.
1: Yeah. That was my thing. It's just like, I I don't love it whenever you have a big party of people. Yeah. And then one person gets singled out and removed from the party. Mm. And like, I get it. You wanted to take away the healer so that things had a higher stake. Where like, Keelan can heal, but she's not as good at it. Mm. And without Pike, they have suddenly no defense against undead creatures and all these mm-hmm. other things like I, I get it i wish that you had found a more effective way to just include her in the plot yeah instead of having her go off on this side mission
0: and it was kind of like each time it was only like a couple minutes per episode and yeah. it was boring and you're kind of like
1: it was and it, it amounted to so little it was like pike was like i'm having a problem with my god and the the various people that she's talking to at the temple like no you're really not Mm -hmm. and she's like no I'm having a problem And they're like no that's impossible you can't be having a problem and even as she's talking to the god itself she's like I'm having a problem and the god's like no you're not you just need to stop doubting yourself and it's just like I get it I get this whole idea of wanting to be divine while also being very human Mm. but (laughs) I didn't. I didn't find that that storyline paid off as well as I wanted it to. Um, it just
0: didn't. It didn't have that same. It
1: didn't have. It, it just killed the flow of some episodes. Yeah. Because you have like the
0: episode where they're getting attacked by zombies, like a zombie invasion, and then you break away. Yeah. To talk about the Lord of Light. I keep saying Lord of Light because I think it just reminded me of. Yeah. It's um, the Everlight. The Everlight. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I, it, it, the whole that whole thing kind of reminded me of Game of Thrones a little bit. Yeah. But. It just it kind of killed the flow
1: yeah no i I agree i agree that that was one thing where i was just like okay all right and like same with they set up that there's a bear in the party yeah they dismissed the bear yeah which was awful what the hell i came here for the bear and the bear was awesome the bear is great whenever it shows up yeah I hope there's more... Because it was only, like, what, three or four episodes in, and it was gone? It was gone. It was gone by, I think, th- once they set off on, like, the main quest That's of right. the series. That's right, after the attack
0: at the castle.
1: Yeah, they're like, you stay here, it's too dangerous for you to come. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's a barren armor. Yeah. Why would you show me a bear in armor and then not have it be part Especially of the Especially when you're going
0: into a town with zombie giants. Yeah. A Baron Armour would mess up some zombie giants and yeah. I wanted to see that. Oh,
1: so so like there were definitely moments where I was like, Oh, I would have yeah. I would have liked to have seen more out of this. But by and large, I really enjoyed it. I really yeah. liked the uh, Vax and Vex, the twins. Mm-hmm. And I uh, very much enjoyed like you were saying, the Percy demonic possession stuff. That was awesome. That was really cool, and that was a nice, like, aside, because as all the stuff is happening with the vampire Silas and the necromancer and and all this other stuff, I'm like, okay, this is going to build to to this point, Mm -hmm. and then this is going to happen, and then we're going to have to deal with this. So in this case, it was this is going to build to the Silas is going to die, The necromancer is going to get all angry. Mm -hmm. She's going to do something. And then that's going to be like the big final boss. I was like, ding, 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 ding. And then they were like, but actually, no, we're not going to do that. Sift this aside. (laughs) We're going to do something that we've been hinting at this whole time Mm -hmm. in this demonic possession thing. Which was so cool to watch. That was really cool. Like and watching like the the names of all the characters get written on the gun, and it's just like, oh, th- I don't know how this is gonna go. This yeah. could go any number of ways. That's so awesome. Yeah, it was I, so awesome. I don't know if any one character needed to die to kind of cement the. I'm kind stakes. of glad no
0: one died. Yeah, I am kind of glad because I want to see every like every one of these characters has a redeeming characteristic that I enjoyed, and I wouldn't mind seeing them in a second season. Which I don't know if this has been.
1: I don't know if it has not up upped
0: yet? Like, every other show we've talked about in the last few weeks has been given a second season. I don't know if this has.
1: No, I don't know either.
0: Which, i got to give Amazon credit. For the longest time, I didn't watch anything on Amazon Prime but The Boys. Because it was nothing good. But now, they're starting to put out some quality stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I am kind of happy. You know, even though the shipping is great, it, it makes the value of having a Prime membership even more to have solid content. Yeah. Which, with the way Netflix is rolling now, they need to up their game quite a bit. Yeah. which
1: I need to go to Netflix and, and check in on my Oscar bait, because there's a few things on Netflix that yeah. have Oscar nominations that I need to go in.
0: Yes, you do. I'm running
1: out of time.
0: Running out of time. So that was, speaking of running out of time, so uh, Vox Machina... We absolutely loved it. We hope they have a second season. Highly rate it pretty high. I would say i put in like an 8 to 9 range.
1: I would definitely put it in the 8 to 9 range. Yeah, yeah this So is we definitely... highly
0: recommend it. And once again, do not watch this with your children.
1: No, this is not one for the kids.
0: Nope. No. Um,
1: there's any number of things that are just not kid-friendly yeah. in general.
0: And speaking of something also not kid-friendly. I know. Last topic of the day is The Kingsman. Now, for those of you who do not know, this is a prequel movie um, based on the Kingsman franchise, which um, Tyler Eggert, is that his name? Taron Egerton. Taron Egerton, thank you very much. Tyler Eggert. Yeah, there you go. I was in the ballpark. You were yeah. in the ballpark. Um, him and Colin Firth, mm-hmm. they had the first movie where Samuel Jackson was a villain. Love that first movie. Second movie where they bring in the Americans, which has Halle Berry and Channing Tatum and uh, Julian Moore, which we talked about prior. She plays the bad guy, which I enjoyed. The second one, I don't think as much as the first one.
1: I definitely didn't like it as much as no, the first one. I
0: didn't like it as much. I
1: I found it to be annoying. It does have Pedro Pascal in it, The Mandalorian. Yes,
0: and he's pretty awesome he's with pretty the whips. Good in it. Yeah.
1: Um, but there was just something about the American team that I was just. I don't really care about any yeah.
0: of them. It seemed unnecessary. Yeah. Especially even though I gotta say I did like the American side in this movie. Yes. Because this is a prequel that shows how the Kingsmen originally started with Ray Fines mm-hmm. as the like founding what what what's the, the Arthur? King Arthur. Yeah. So he's the he's Arthur. He's the founding member of it. Um, it has uh Gemma, which I love her yeah. name because that's my daughter's name. Archerton as Polly, who's one of the other founding members, and then Dijman Hunson. Hunsu? I can never say his last name. Jamon Hunsu,
1: yeah. Hunsu.
0: He plays the first Merlin. Yes. Which was I'm very happy they made him Merlin. Yeah. I was he like, was that's perfect. kinda cool. That is kinda cool. I absolutely love this movie. The only bad thing about it is in my opinion, they completely gave away who the villain was. If you just watch him the guy who ends up being the villain mm-hmm. who he played um, he was uh, in the watchman he yeah, was Osmodeus. Osmodeus. If you watch the interactions with him in the beginning, you're like, oh yeah, especially knowing he's a bigger actor, it's like he's not just in a bit part.
1: It was one of those things where they almost got me because in the this is spoiler warnings. Already. oh yeah, everything's
0: a spoiler we already spoiled it so there. but
1: but so Matthew Good. Who is an untapped gem. Mm. He's so good. Uh, <laughs> good. Uh, but he shows up as the the aide to camp. Yes. And then is seemingly blown up on a ship. And you forget about him for the entire second half of the movie. And then as they're doing the reveal, I'm like going through my mind. I'm like, who is in this movie? That this could be. Oh! <laughs> and like right before the reveal, I was like, oh, it's gonna be Matthew Good. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course it's gonna be. Because even the ship scene, they kinda telegraphed it
0: when he turns around and looks. Yeah. It's like, okay.
1: Yeah, there's something. You're going telegraphing on. something here, man. And and like he's acting sick, but you're like, he seems like he's acting sick. yeah He doesn't seem actually sick. Mm-hmm. And so, but I still that was still good. That was good. I, I still enjoyed that quite a bit. It
0: was actually much I think the thing i I appreciated about it is it was a more serious version of the other two. It still had like kind of yeah. outlandish fun things like the fight with Rasputin was awesome. Yeah,
1: that and was it was good.
0: funny and and a really solid fight. but it was the movie in general was very solemn, especially, I did not see the death of his son coming. That blew my Especially mind. Especially in that situation where he gets friendly fire shot in the
1: face. That blew my mind. It blew his mind too. Yeah, at the back of his head. So, the the series of events is that the son goes off to war after the entire movie, basically telling Ray Fines that he's going to go to war, yes. and Ray Fines doing everything in his power, his significant amount of power, to keep him from going to war, and. uh... God damn it, the son decides to go to war and he gets trapped in a no man's land fight. And you're just like, oh man, he's not going to make it through this. And then he gets through the first part of the no man's land fight and you're like, okay. And then he has to make this mad dash back across no man's land. He's like, oh, he's not going to make it. And he makes it. And the guy that he's carrying dies. And you're like, oh, okay. But the guy that was carrying him, that he was carrying, dies. So he's fine nope <laughs> you see this rug let me pull it out from under you unbelievable oh my god i like i was sitting there like oh my god my hands over my face just shocked i was just watching it with,
0: with audrey and she we just kind of looked at each other we're like holy shit did that just that happen? happen did that just happen but see and this is where i i kind of i one of the few problems i have with the writing it's he talked about he wanted to do something for his country. He wanted to fight in this war. He wanted to do something for his country. He just went on a mission with his father for the inaugural Kingsman mm-hmm. and killed Rasputin and has done all this awesome stuff. Why Ray Fiennes' character wouldn't say, you are doing something now, he you're does. part of this he with me. He does say that.
1: He says, you've I done... Even... Yeah, he... when they're on the train back and they're, they're toasting champagne and... He says, because it's suddenly his birthday, which was yes. like one of the very few moments where I was like...
0: Oh, I remember that scene you're
1: talking yeah. about. Yeah, and and so he says, I'm going into the army. And Ray Fine says, you've just done more in one night's service than you could have done in the entire war. But see, I wish he would have expanded on that and said more of like, listen,
0: I'm continuing what we're doing here. And I want you to be a, a component of it or yeah. something like that. You know what I mean? It just seemed odd that that son all of a sudden still wants to stick to his guns and go and fight. It's like, dude, you just killed effing Rasputin after sneaking into a Russian castle.
1: Yeah. It's like, dude, what the hell else do you need? You can, you have options here. Yeah. And then he's punished for going. Yeah. Ultimately in the end, he's, he's shown that his father was right. And that this is going out and, uh, being part of the British military. In the uh, early 1900s. Yeah. Not a great thing.
0: Especially because he wasn't killed for his country. He was killed by friendly fire by yeah. an idiot Scotsman that shot him in the face.
1: Yeah. Who was looking for,
0: of Ta- all people, Aaron Taylor, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Taylor Johnson. <laughs> Which, 100%, there's going to be a sequel to this Oh, one. yeah. And yeah. he's going to be the Aggie. Isn't that the name of the... Yeah. L- yeah. He's going to be that version in this. You're like, totally. It's oh, got to yeah. be. Oh yeah, because you literally... don't put him in for just that little role.
1: Well, and he's like he's literally the replacement for the son. Yeah, and so it's a slam dunk. It's got to. Yeah, I mean, in
0: reality, Ray Fiennes just played a more active version of the M character he played in 007. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's almost identical because it's a similar situation, similar kind of role. But I still think he does it phenomenal.
1: I was impressed. He was so good. He he, considering he's not a young man. No, and he is. Doing all this moving and grooving. And And it's nice to have a solid actor like him in that
0: part for, like, the emotion in the beginning when his wife gets shot. and Dealing with, you know, having to hug his son. It's like, man. And then the emotion of dealing with his son's death. And you're like, God damn, man, this is actually
1: solid acting. That scene where he's just in a robe and he's just drinking at Scotch O'Clock. It's Scotch O'Clock. He just looks up and there's the giant painting of his wife and the small photo of his son and it's refines yeah. and you feel the weight of that man's soul at that moment. I was so impressed with how good this was. I yeah. I definitely liked this so much more than the second one. Oh
0: yeah. Uh, I even liked it more than the first one. I think one. I liked it more than the yeah. first
1: one cuz like the first one is like um it's a it's a hidden gem mm-hmm. of a movie where like that was one of those movies where I saw tons of billboards for it and I was always like okay. All right. Okay. And then I finally saw it and I was like, wow, this is actually really good. I really like this movie. It goes a little too far at times. It's a little too much, a little too often. Mm. It's not too much of a good thing. Mm -hmm. Let me put it that way. That chart sequence is still it's oh, great oh damn that's amazing
0: but it seemed like they made those ones silly yes but this one they're like okay we're gonna make it more grounded
1: this one did not have the humor no. nearly to the the degree that the other ones do like
0: once again just Rasputin he was really the only part that had some like yeah. really good humor to it
1: yeah as soon as he dies there's no humor no. left like there's there's some funny things like um when they're discussing the final mission mm-hmm and they're like okay merlin you're gonna jump out of the plane and you're gonna use this new device called a parachute and then i'm gonna land the plane and i'll meet you up there and they're like well he doesn't need to jump out of the plane if you don't land the plane Mm -hmm. you can just jump out of the plane and not land the plane and then he can meet you up there and so it's like there are these funny moments what does he say he says well it'd be bad form on my part to uh, not do something I'd ask a man to do. And uh, it's just like, ah, oh, I like this. <laughs> this is, at times, it's uh, almost like the English Mission Impossible. Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like this spy thing and there's like stunts and all these other deals. And man, I really enjoyed it. I think that they really had a guy up on that biplane. I think so too. I think that they really had a guy up on a biplane in a semi controlled environment spinning around.
0: I would, yeah. That looked. uh, If it wasn't, that was some solid special effects to make it look like the
1: the the moment where he falls like through not not through the wing but like through the gap between the wings. Oh my god, that looked like a real shot. That did look like a real shot. Maybe the plane wasn't real.
0: Mm. You know what I mean? Because they quite possibly CGI'd in the plane. Like after they got through that scene where they actually dropped the guy, like maybe. The part where, like, as he's falling through, wasn't Mm -hmm. real. But then when he was falling through, that was really a dude falling with it. That just makes sense.
1: I'd love to see the behind the scenes on it and find out just how much of that was real. Because that reminded me of the Rocketeer, where, like, in the Rocketeer, he goes up and he saves a guy out of a biplane. Mm -hmm. And at one point, the biplane does a hard turn and throws the Rocketeer off. And, like, you can see the guy really get thrown off this biplane and, like, he obviously must have had a parachute or something, but, like, they got the shot. <laughs> and Stunt people are nuts. I know. They're, they're crazy. I do. I, it had
0: one of my favorite cameos in recent, which was Stanley Tucci as the U.S. ambassador. Yeah, where did that go That from? was pretty awesome. And then
1: he got to join the team. He got to join.
0: Yes, he was the first. Or him and, was it the president also?
1: No, it was just him.
0: I just think. him is the founder. Like, he's the founder of the American side, which... yeah. We see in the second movie. Yeah. Was it... Uh, I can't even remember. Because it's not the Kingsman. Golden it's Circle. Golden Circle. No, no, no. Golden Circle was Julianne Moore's... The name of the oh. drug ring. Yeah. So... Statesman. The Statesman. Statesman. Yes. That's the name of the alcohol, the bourbon company. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And that's the bourbon they're drinking, which I love too. They were drinking Statesman bourbon. I was like, that's kind of awesome.
1: Yeah. That so, was a good... Like, the whole thing was so satisfying. Yeah. It wrapped up nicely. It had this... Feeling of completeness to it. Yes, where you were like, "Oh, okay," and we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do this, and at no point do you feel cheated. Yeah, on anything. I agree. I will say I found it a little like I get why in the the uh, original Kingsman movie why everybody who sits at that table wears glasses. And it's like, so you can see all the other members and all this other stuff. I don't know why everybody was wearing matching glasses at this meeting. Uh, but that may have just been a fashion choice. I'm mm. not sure. Um, maybe that's how they know that you're in the club, is that you got the right glasses on. Um, what did you think of the the Stinger ending, the mid-credits scene? Did you see that with Hitler? No. So they.
0: I did not see that. Is every movie doing a goddamn mid credit scene now?
1: Apparently, it's uh, like Jesus Christ! That's so what I didn't expect this movie. They have Daniel Bruhl uh-huh. shows up out of nowhere in this movie, which uh, I love. Daniel Bruhl. Oh, I know. Me too. Uh, he becomes the new shepherd. Okay. And his plan is as a counterweight to Lenin in Russia is to bring up Hitler in Germany. Uh, and that's like the next thing that's going to happen is, gotcha. let me introduce you to this new up-and-coming guy, Adolf Hitler. You may have heard of him. Oh, my God. And so it's I think
0: like, I'm beyond excited to see that movie. <laughs> I, they need to make a second one right effing now.
1: I was like, I was watching the Franz Ferdinand scene, and I was like, so is this movie going to say that this universe doesn't have either World War One or World War Two in it? That these guys managed to stop that from happening, because that's a bold move. No, 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 But man, I I can't believe how much I enjoyed this yeah, movie. I really did. I'm shocked at how much I liked it. And this I'm movie.
0: sad that more people didn't see it. Yeah. I don't remember the reviews. I seem to have a vague recollection that they were tepid, like they were not yeah. over the top, but If you see this movie, I mean, it's a solid action movie. It's a very enjoyable spy thriller.
1: It's a really good spy movie. And it's a Matthew Vaughn spy movie where he's not doing, like, the full Matthew Vaughn thing. Mm -hmm. It is a little toned down. I don't know if that's Disney kind of coming over to Fox and being like, we're not going to have you Mm -hmm. have the last scene in the movie be the lead character having... butt sex. Yeah. Um...
0: We're going to... Off-screen, folks, you don't see the dirty deed. It just does
1: happen. It's it's heavily implied. It's very heavily implied, yes. Um, And to the point where you have the woman taking off all of her clothes and just getting very comfortable, shall we say. Uh, So, not in this movie. We're not going to do that here. Uh, And we're not going to have that kind of humor here. And yet... It works so well, yeah. like I I couldn't believe how much I bought Ray Fiennes as an action lead oh, in really this good. movie. I couldn't really believe it. I couldn't believe that the fa- the fact that like all three leads by the end of the movie are people in their uh, at youngest mid thirties, mm-hmm. at oldest upper fifties.
0: Yeah, which I got to say, Ray Fiennes. The more I think about it, the more he is edging up as one of my like top five favorite actors right now because you forget about some of the roles you know i'm not even talking about like english patient or any of that crap i'm talking like red dragon which he was phenomenal in
1: oh my god this
0: movie voldemort i mean you know he has done so much m in in, and james bond in bruges oh in bruges oh my god he's so funny and in bruges that shows he could be a great comedic actor
1: too, because right? he was hysterical in that he's movie. He's so good in that movie. He was really—I forgot about that
0: movie. I gotta watch that again. Yeah. It's been a very long time since I've seen that.
1: That'll be one of our retro reviews, I'm sure. Oh yeah, oh,
0: pff, we're gonna have to fight over who's gonna do that <laughs> one. But it's like
1: he—every movie he makes now, I'm like, God damn, he's good.
0: Yeah. He really is. He's really. Always he, he so good. He can pull good. these roles
1: off. He's always so good, and I will say, uh, there were elements of his Voldemort that I won't forgive. Uh, similar to Michael Gambon just overdoing it mm. in Goblet of Fire. which tangent- A little bit. I want to know the background of that scene. Because apparently it's caused all kinds of drama. Which scene? The scene in Goblet of Fire where, in the book, Harry is taken into Dumbledore's office. And in front of everybody, Dumbledore goes over to him and very calmly... And steadily says, Harry, did you put your name in the oh, goblet of yes, fire? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Whereas in the movie, Michael Gambon throws him mafia style against After the cover. Running feverishly. Yeah. Did you put your name in the cobbler of fire? And it's, there are certain moments like that for See, Ray finds Voldemort that I'm just like, I don't know, man. This is a
0: tangent. I, ha- I have to talk about this right yeah. now. Yeah. Because you're talking about the Michael Gambon. Goblet of Fire, first I thought you were talking about my least favorite part that he had in that movie, which was every other name that came out of the goblet, the big flash, he just reaches up and grabs it. When Harry's, he does the like, hands over his eyes like, backing off, like, oh, oh I was like, that is horrible acting. Yes. What are
1: you doing? What is this?
0: That's like somebody in King Kong in a 1920 movie. Like, first yeah. time you see Kong, oh, and you raise your arms. It's like, that's what it looked like you were doing, dude. You're mugging for camera. It was terrible. Yeah. But what the, the way he reacted that you were talking about in the book is how Richard Harris would have acted yes. if he was still alive. Yes, yes. Which... I don't want to get... We can't get into this tangent. This tangent will go we'll, on for the rest of we'll the night. We'll have
1: to talk about, at some point, the possible what-if Harry Potter, oh. both that we want and that we could have had. We should
0: do what-if show. That's oh, it. yeah. We got to do a what-if show, which luckily we're in a little bit of a nerd lull. Well... I say that, but next week is when Picard season two. Yeah, comes I was about out. to say
1: inevitably something's going. But to I,
0: I, I think we might have an off week because I think Picard is a Thursday show, mm-hmm. so we may have an off week next week. Yeah. We may have a. All right, let's talk about. Let's,
1: let's actually hash out some some yeah. inner dialogue before here. we
0: have a lot of other stuff to talk
1: about. Yeah, yeah. Well, folks,
0: that was our show. As you could tell, we loved Vox Moxena. We loved uh, The Kingsman. Once again, Vox Machina is on Amazon Prime. Kingsman is on Hulu and HBO Max. So please check those out. Um, Once again, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Tell everyone, please to go and listen to our shows. We think what we got here is something special, and we want the world to hear it. Um, also, check out our YouTube channel. Once again, we're gonna, probably going to have one or two videos going up in the next week, if not more. And then, hopefully in the next month, I'm going to say, we can do our Let's Play video.
1: Oh, let's do it. Which,
0: I mean... I'm hoping it works out great, because I would love for us to roll it into doing more with like Let's Pl- Let's Watch and yeah. stuff like that.
1: i got to find our... Elgato. We bought an Elgato years ago mm-hmm. for Capture. So I got to find that and see if it still works. And okay. if it does, we can do it one way. If it doesn't, I got a backup plan. But either way, this thing is going to happen.
0: Sounds good. All right, folks. Once again, NerdPod Generations, episode 43. It is in the books. My name is Steve Taylor. You can find me at staylorbooks.com.
1: My name is Alfred Jetson. You can find me at work under the Bronx Division tab. And you have, have a great three. week. Thank you too, bud. Friends and enemies. Huh? Everybody. Everybody. Bye, folks.